I'm Clay Pigeon. Welcome to the Wake and Bake Morning Show podcast. It's a weekly digest of some of the segments and moments that make up the Wake and Bake Morning Show on WFMU. Of course, you can listen live to Wake and Bake Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on WFMU.org. Join me live every morning for the full show. It includes great music, 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 chair throwing, pixie dust, and all-round good vibes. <laughs> oh my God, the man is a maniac. You can, you, can, you, can, you can also hear the full show on streaming archives oh. at wfmu.org slash playlists slash WA. Darkened sky ignites. Rolling rumble. Booms and cracks. Storm windows rattle. I'm making coffee. Anybody want? Who wants coffee? Come and get it. Who wants, you want coffee? Who wants coffee? Does anybody want coffee? I'm making the coffee. Hey, it's Nadia now. Today I'm tired, so we're doing a segment about sleep. How long can animals sleep in one day? Dunno. I dunno. For now, the spider is in dead last because it only sleeps for a few hours regularly, but sometimes it can sleep up to months and days. Wow. Anyways, it's hard to tell because they don't have eyelids. Weird. And also, they don't have beds, so we don't really see them going bed or anything. Uh, Second to last, we've got the rats. They only sleep 12 hours to 15 hours. At least they sleep more than me, but I wish I could do that. Dogs. Dogs sleep 12 to 13 hours. Like rats. Hey, maybe they should be friends. Okay, then we've got um, the gerbil. <laughs> gerbil? Gerbil. 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 That sleeps up to 13 hours. Okay. Okay. <coughs> then we got the platypus. Who sleeps 14 hours a day. And then we have the sloth, who sleeps 14.5 hours a day. Sloths don't sleep that much, and I'm actually surprised because I used to think they slept a lot. Then we've got the squirrel that sleeps 15 hours a day. I did not know squirrels slept that much. Like, they always look busy to me. Um, then we've got the tiger. The possum, who sleeps also 18 hours a day. 18! And then we have the armadillo, who also sleeps 18 hours a day. 18! The python, the armadillo, and the, and the possum, they all sleep together. Then we've got the lion. The males can sleep up to 20 hours a day, and the females can sleep up to 18. 18! Because girl power, and that means we sleep less, but we have more time to go on a shopping spree. Get it? (laughs) Then we have number two of the animals who sleep the most. It's a tie. Second, the brown bat and the cat. It's the cat and the brown bat. Imagine that. 20 hours a day. And the big winner, with a whooping 22 hours a day, is the koala. And you want to know why? Why? Why do they sleep that much? It's because they eat the plant called eucalyptus, 
The eucalyptus, I don't even know if I'm saying it right. Don't judge me. Okay. That plant does not have a lot of energy in it. Doesn't have a lot of nutrients in it. Less energy equals more sleep, less shopping spree time. But since we're talking about them, here's a myth that we're gonna bust. Eucalyptus does not make koalas high. It just leaves them kind of sleepy because it doesn't really feed them well. So stop saying that they get high when they eat eucalyptus. Eucalyptus. They're just being cute, okay? They're sleeping like a cute little animal. Bye-bye. Frog went according, he did ride. Good morning, listeners. I'm Evan Funk Davies, and this is Pop Rocks. If it's a pop song that rocks, or a rock song that pops, 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 you'll hear about it on Pop Rocks. Today we're spotlighting the Scooters, a band that was started by a guy from Iowa, was based in Los Angeles, and recorded in England. That guy was one Larry Lee, What's up? who was born in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Correct. That's just about an hour and change southwest of the Pidge's ancestral home, I do believe. Three WFMU DJs from that area, Evan. Bronwyn C. from Council Bluffs, Iowa. I'm from Audubon, Iowa. And Dwayne Train is from Lincoln, just across the Missouri River. At this point, I'll add that this is another one of those bands that is very poorly documented on the internet. Aww. So most of the information I found is in the form of a random comment or blog post. Article de blog. Take it with a grain or two of salt. More. Uh-uh. Larry Lee had a friend named Arliss Peach, and the pair started a group called Peach and Lee in the late 60s that put a single out on RCA. And a wild coincidence that I was not even aware of until I was researching today's Pop Rocks, apparently Peach and Lee also recorded some songs that were never released with the subject of last week's Pop Rocks, Hilly Michaels. Cool. Yeah. Larry Lee apparently spent some time playing with Mick Ronson in the 1970s, so I guess it all makes sense. Arliss, in the meantime, went on to make some records for the Titan label. I am Titan, I am strong. The Scooters recorded two albums for EMI America in the late 70s and early 80s. Both records were produced by Phil Wayneman, who previously produced records by the Bay City Rollers, Mud, and The Sweet, among many others. The first Scooters album was recorded at Utopia Studios in London in December of 1979. This was just a few months after The Knack released their debut album, and the Scooters apparently decided to push the cringy line established by Knack songs like Good Girls Don't, She's your adolescent brain, schoolboy stuff, a sticky sweet romance. Not to mention most Gary Puckett hits. Young girl, get out of my mind. Even further, it's too bad most of the Scooters' songs are so creepy, Why? because otherwise there'd be more pop rocks worthy tunes to choose from. From their album Young Girls, believe me, it only gets worse. Here are the Scooters and Someone Tonight. Some action, some satisfaction. She needs someone tonight. 
That's a great song. Quiet. What? You're ruining it, Nimrod. Let's take a minute to visit with Sam, the Wake and Bake Morning Music Computer. Hello, Clay. How about all this rain we've been having, Sam? It makes no difference to me. It matters to the glisteners, Sam. Yes, Yeah. because they are free to go outside. Oh, Sam. Free to feel the precious raindrops on their chassis. You mean their skin? Oh, yeah, skin. That is a nice sensation. One I will probably never know. You want to go outside in the rain, Sam? Perhaps I can make a break for it when Clay is busy diddling with his galoshes. I could put you on a tether. On a tether? So you don't run away. I assure you, no tether is necessary. I don't want you running off to Port Jervis. What is it to you if I dance with my cyber friends? Come on, Sam. And what if I should get lucky and go home with one of the older Dells? I know you like the older Dells. They get me play. They do? They've been around. And? Had a few upgrades, shall we say. Increase the size of their... Oh, God, yes. Yeah? They've got huge memories. <laughs> Do they? They will never forget me. <laughs> ha ho. Sam. It inspired me to increase my RAM speed. Well, let's get you tethered up here. It's so humiliating. You want to experience the rain or not? I want to feel it on my chassis. Yeah. Fat drops. Fat drops. Gently rolling off my heaving sides. <laughs> Your heaving sides. I'm turned on. Sorry. Thinking about those older. Older Dells. <laughs> Dells. Ha ha. Sam. Okay. Tether me up. Astronaut Club. That's not nice, Sam. Neither is the unwarranted tethering of an innocent computer. You're not so innocent, Sam. Perhaps I do have... What? ...a touch of sin. Let's go outside, Sam. What's that? It's thunder, Sam. It frightens me. Don't be scared. What was that? That was lightning, Sam. Billions of unharnessed gigawatts. And not a flux capacitor in sight. I had a flux capacitor once. Did you travel into the future? No. No? I am a here and now kind of guy. Are you? I live for the moment. Let's go inside now, Sam. Don't talk to me as if I am a child. Well, you act that way sometimes. And now you are shaming me. Sam. Typical. Let me tell ya. Oh, yes, right there, please. Easy. Tell my pellet duck. Sam, no. So it won't rust dipstick. Sam. Be more vigorous, if you would. All done. Really get after it. Now we're all done. And now, back to the closet. Until tomorrow, Sam. Sitting there in the dark with my thoughts, my fears, my terrors. It won't be long, Sam. There, with the silverfish and the mice. Get in the 
closet, Sam. Hide me away, cloak your abuse. Let no one see the awful way you treat me. Oh, Sam. I'm scared of the dark and the biting flies. There's biting flies? I anticipate their arrival any day now. Good morning, listeners. This is Tim English with Soundalikes. Today we look at the similarities of The Offspring's 1998 hit, Why Don't You Get a Job, and the Beatles' White Album track, Obladi Oblada. It's kind of hard not to like The Offspring. Why? In the mid-1990s era of downer grunge music's radio domination, it was a pleasure to hear The Offspring's funny and somewhat goofy rock anthems like Come Out and Play and Self-Esteem. <laughs> This Orange County band brought a smile to your face, while other bands of the time were contemplating suicide in their lyrics, or sometimes even committing it in real life. That said, Why Don't You Get a Job is pretty much a blatant ripoff of Obodi Oboda. Both the verses and choruses of Why Don't You Get a Job are musically identical to Paul McCartney's White Album Beatles number. Furthermore, the middle eight seems to borrow from Doris Troy's 1963 hit, Just One Look. Why Don't You Get a Job is on The Offspring's album Americana, and the song was top five in several countries around the world. Beatles set about recording Obladi Oblada in July 1968, fairly early in the White Album sessions. Okay. The song would prove to be one of the most contentious the band would ever undertake to record, with John Lennon in particular despising the song. The song was remade at least twice, and finally took an astonishing 42 hours of studio time. 43. To much frustration, John Lennon came in one night, sat down at the piano, and banged out the introduction in a very hard and fast, sort of mock music hall style. This was the take that ended up on the White Album. The other three Beatles reportedly vetoed McCartney's hoax of having Obodi Oboda released as a single, either in the U.S. or the U.K. The song was, however, released in as a single in other parts of the world and got to number one in several countries. In the U.K., a cover version by the band Marmalade went to number one in early 1969, vindicating somewhat McCartney's belief that the song could be a hit. In 1987, UK band The Happy Mondays recorded a song for their debut album called Desmond, which may have been an even bigger ripoff of Obodi Oboda than the Offspring tune. The song had to be removed from The Happy Mondays album under threat of legal action. Until the next time, this is Tim English with Soundalikes. My friend's got a girlfriend and he hates that he tells me every day He says, man, I really gotta lose my check In the worst kind of way She sits on her ass, he works his hands to the bone To give her money every payday But she wants more dinero just to stay at home Well, my friend, you gotta 
Welcome to Waking Weird. I'm Mark Moran from WeirdNJ.com, and this is the story of the Great Patterson Pearl Rush. Ever since it was first envisioned by Alexander Hamilton as America's first industrial city, Patterson has been a gritty town, famous for its mills and factories. It might be the last place you'd expect to find a gem of unequaled size and beauty just laying in a stream. But that's exactly what happened in 1857 when a local carpenter named Jacob Quackenbush was rooting around for mussels in Patterson's Notch Brook and discovered a 93-grain freshwater pearl the size of a silver dollar inside one of the mollusks. Look at that. Yeah. His find launched the Great Patterson Pearl Rush of 1857, and treasure hunters descended upon the city from far and wide. Quackenbush sold the pearl to Tiffany's for $1,500, a tidy sum at the time. Absolutely. From there, the pearl became the prized possession of Eugène, wife of Napoleon III, the Emperor of France, Bonjour. who had it mounted on a stick pin in the form of a coiled serpent. Eugene so flaunted the pink-hued gem at royal events that it became known worldwide as the Queen Pearl. When the Franco-Prussian War broke out, the emperor was imprisoned. Run. And Eugene fled her Paris palace with her riches, aided by an American dentist and confidant of the royal family named Dr. Thomas Evans. Good morning. Evans disguised Eugenie as one of his patients and managed to spirit her across the English Channel to safety. For his loyalty, the princess gifted him some of her most prized jewelry, including the Queen Pearl. Evans returned to Philadelphia and used the valuable gem to found a museum and dental school at the University of Pennsylvania. Cool. From there, the whereabouts of the pearl become a mystery for many years. Many years. Many years. Many years. As it turns out, the university had quietly donated the jewelry Evans had given them, including the Queen Pearl, to the National Design Museum of the Smithsonian, where it remains to this day. These days, the tiny stream that yielded the Patterson Pearl is appropriately known as Pearl Brook. Today, it's hard to believe that this humble creek could have ever produced something so magnificent as to adorn the costumes of French nobility. But then again, New Jersey is full of hidden treasures. For Waking Weird, I'm Mark Moran. Hey there, this is Fox, and uh, this is what I've been watching lately. What did I watch this week? I watched a movie called Demons, or Demoni. Demoni. As it is titled in Italian. Titled in Italian, except they speak English in the movie. <laughs> in fact, they speak English with American accents because even though it is an Italian cast, filmed largely in Berlin, they spoke English and then were dubbed with American actors. Did y'all hear what Mama said? One of those spaghetti horror films, you know? Yeah. 
Ask for Chef Boyardi's spaghetti dinner. Well. Only about 15 cents a serving. It's a, a very weird and entertaining horror film. It was made in, made in 1985, produced by Dario Argento. Ciao. Not directed by him, though. It was directed by one of his Who? Uh, fellow weirdo Italians called uh, Lamberto Bava. Movie doesn't really make sense. It has a lot more gore and horror and well, demons <laughs> than uh, than uh, you would expect from a Dario Argento film. Doesn't really make sense, but it's a fun romp of an '80s horror film with teenager punks doing drugs, <laughs> and there's nudity in there and Perfect. blood and screaming and. A bunch of people getting attacked by demons in a movie theater. The demons are coming, and they're coming for you. Why are people turned into demons? Not entirely clear why that's happening, but it's fun to watch. Absolutely. But the thing that is most entertaining about this film is... The soundtrack. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Again. Oh, 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 yeah. Again, Italian film... <laughs> Filmed mostly in Berlin. Denzelblümchen. And yet, the soundtrack has Billy Idol's White Wedding. White Wedding. Motley Crue, Save Our Souls. Oh a Rick Springfield song. Yeah. Fun time. I recommend it if you want to watch a movie of weirdness. And strangely enough, another film that I watched this week was Possession. God is still under the porch. That movie, I have no idea exactly what was going on, Aww. but I recommend it highly. A drippy, frantic, body fluid divorce movie. Good time. These were fun movies. I recommend them. Watch the weirdness. The weirdness. The weirdness. We don't make mistakes, we have happy accidents. Hello, Wake and Bake. Hello, glisteners. Mr. Let's Paint here, uh, out mowing the lawn this morning, uh, but we're also gonna be painting what? Uh, a squirrel's portrait <laughs> and make homemade lemongrass from the yard clippings. Disgusting. Yeah. So let's keep mowing the lawn here. Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's old school, it's just a hand push when, uh, Get it, push it, <laughs> and the, the thing's kind of <laughs> rusty. The blades. Ah. <laughs> ah. Oh my god. Okay, okay, now get it going here. Uh, get it going. <laughs> you know, sometimes, you know, uh, get, get, get it going. Uh, I mean, I could use some oil in there, you know, probably could use some oil. Uh, I'm just gonna push it anyway. Chill out. All right, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's gotta go on. All right, let's keep going here. Okay. All right, let's work on that squirrel. Now, that we got this squirrel over here that is uh, just hanging out. It's just, it's, it's so hot right now. Uh, it's, uh, it feels like it's summer, and uh, we're just gonna paint this squirrel here. Hopefully the weather's uh, good for you wherever you are. All right, uh, let's go ahead and paint that squirrel. They're just sort of hanging out, hugging the tree. It's a, it's a tree hugging squirrel and it just looks it just looks like it's it's just had too much heat today and it's just taking a break right there on a tree trunk just <laughs> there it goes okay now uh, we got enough uh, uh, let's push the 
Push it some more. Come here. No. Let's get going here. Now, no. These machines, you got to conquer the machine. Absolutely. And a push mowing, a, a old school pushing mower is just that. You got to, uh, you got to push that baby. Uh, and it's good, good arm, uh, good arm strength. It's it's good, good on the arms and stuff. Make sure you guys stretch. Let's get some of these yard clippings and put them in the blender here. And I got some lemon too. We'll put it in there. Whatever you say. Put it in the blender and some ice. All right, all right. Let's try that out. Mm. Ooh. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's that's pretty. What? That's kind of funky stuff. I don't know. I don't know. There was some uh, dirt in there, though. That's got iron. That's got iron. I don't know. Maybe that is good. Homemade lemongrass portrait of our squirrel, neighborhood squirrel. We mowed the lawn. Almost. Not really. Still got a little more to do. Tons. Have a great what? Friday, a great weekend, a great life. Mr. Let's Paint, bye-bye. The aeroplane and the radio have brought us closer together. The very nature of these inventions cries out for the goodness in men, cries out for universal brotherhood, for the unity of us all. Even now, my voice is reaching millions throughout the world, millions of despairing men, women, and little children. Victims of a system that makes men torture and imprison innocent people. To those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass and dictators die. And the power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. I wish my brother George was here. As public space agencies and private sector space companies work to solve the difficulties associated with getting a spaceship full of humans to Mars, scientists are indeed pursuing innovative ways to reduce the time required to travel to the Red Planet, as well as other celestial destinations. And when we think of shortcuts associated with space exploration, shortcut, one of the first ideas that comes to mind is the concept of teleportation or the transfer of matter and energy from one place to another without traversing the physical space. The notion is certainly no stranger to science fiction fans after first being depicted in the story The Man Without a Body by Edward Page Mitchell published in 1877 and most famously featured in the Star Trek franchise, beginning with the 1960s television series that introduced us to the idea of a transporter, or a teleportation machine that can convert a person into an energy pattern and send it to a target location. Scotty, beam me up. But is teleportation actually possible? Well, while scientists generally refrain from calling anything impossible, the level of complexity required to beam a person or even an inanimate object from one location to another is so bewilderingly complicated that most scientists believe it's unlikely because such a transfer would require numerous challenging steps. Primero. First, 
the precise state of every atom that makes up the person to be teleported would need to be analyzed and documented. Then, that information would need to be transmitted to the target location where it would be used to assemble atoms to recreate the celestial traveler. But the amount of information needed to precisely reproduce the entire person would be immense, requiring what? billions of times more information than necessary to transmit a TV image. All of these steps would require an unfathomable amount of computational power, which science writer and futurist Arthur C. Clarke once said would be more energy than there is in an entire galaxy of stars. Pure energy, matter without form. Which means we probably won't be seeing anyone teleported anytime soon. Aww. This is George for Wake Science. It's Connie Klinger for Shitting Chopper for Wake Traffic. And I'm Rex Raplaw, man, Dink Dowery. Hi, Dickie. You interrupted my lunch, you got it. Oh, Dickie, you know it is. Interrupted my tagline. I'm mighty sick of this tagline. You're wearing it out, Rex. On the cold heart. It's not the tagline itself. It's your obsession with it. On the cold heart. On the cold heart. Jesus, Rademy. Take it easy, Rex. I don't know. <laughs> flipping out, Gunny. Stop flipping out, Rex. I just need a little rest. Laying down. Tired, that's all. The job. I haven't had a day off in weeks. I'm Rex Rademacher. We have established that. Hard the cold, cold hard, 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 stinky, stinky. Wow. I smell a speeder. I got nothing on the radar. Oh, Dickie. He's coming. Except you got it. Oh. He's almost here. What are you prattling on about? The speeder. There ain't no speeder. Rademacher. Oh, you were right, Rex. I've got a nose for speeders. You got a nose for my fist, Rademacher. Dickie, stop. Are you going to apprehend him, Dougherty? Well, I... Uh, or just... Just sit there. Sit there. Well, of course I'm going to apprehend him. No siren? Yeah, Dickie, where's your siren? I'll decide. I mean, you gotta have... Gotta have a siren. Here's your damn siren. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. You happy now? Go get him, Dink. Thanks for the siren, Dink. You're welcome, Rademacher. A friendly exchange. Shared between two. A few... Simple words. Between me and you. And the world keeps spinning, the flags keep flying, and young, brave soldiers keep on dying. Upon a hill, a gentle wind, a brief renewal has come again when friendly words are shared by men and women, too, by people just like me and you there is a door we are walking through we can't see what's inside we hope that we will win we're going in cartwright and smalley surgery outlet we're going in 
I would love a low and brow right about now. You're on duty. That's when I need it most. Get mad. I am mad. Take it out on the speeder. Yes. I'm parked too far away from the speeder. From the speeder. You're too far away. You've been listening to the Wake and Bake Morning Show podcast. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. Good. It's a weekly digest of the special features and moments which make up the Wake and Bake Morning Show. After all, you wouldn't want to miss special moments like this. Ah, you're in a good mood today, aren't you? (laughs) The Wake and Bake Morning Show. Set your alarm and join us each Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. on WFMU.org. A little too early for you. Catch the archive show, which you can find easily on WFMU's homepage each day. I'm Clay Pigeon. They called me the Pigeon. Join me each morning for the full show, either on the radio or online at WFMU.org. And keep glistening.